the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk A service of the Salem Media. Portions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You work with people, if you go to school with them, if you're neighbors with them, if you have business dealings with them, do they blaspheme God, your God, because of your behavior? And listen, don't don't hide behind the term carnal Christian. I hear so many people say that. Well, I'm a carnal Christian. I'm backslidden. Listen, then don't tell anybody you're a Christian until you get right with the Lord. Because it only makes it difficult for those of us who do want to have a good testimony. St. Augustine said that we should never judge a philosophy by its abuse. That is wise advice, but the reality is that it's almost universally ignored. People do make judgments about Christ by the behavior of those who bear his name, whether or not they are authorized to bear it. Years ago, basketball star Charles Barkley, who was in frequent fistfights, both on and off the court, claimed that basketball players should not be role models. The problem is that people see them in that light anyway. As a matter of fact, we are all role models for each other in one way or another. Whether we like it or not, if we claim to be Christians, we have a huge responsibility to reflect His light without distortion. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving since 1981. His practical, expository, or verse-by-verse messages come to your radio through the work of Verse-by-Verse Ministries. Our lesson today is the conclusion of another message in a series dealing with the first three chapters of the Book of Romans. In my teen years, as I searched for the meaning of life, I briefly considered Christianity. It was the rotten behavior of people I thought were Christians that kept me away from saving faith for several years. The Apostle Paul had strong words for people who misrepresent Christ and in so doing bring dishonor to his name. And now here is Pastor Steve. In Romans chapter 1 verse 21, if you look there, for even though they knew God or they knew about God, they did not honor him. As God, They didn't glorify him, and Paul turns right around and he said, you who think you're better, you practice the same things as the pagans, and the same result is that they dishonor God and you dishonor God. You see, but there is, in one sense, a difference. With a pagan, when he dishonors God, his sinful behavior doesn't affect others in the same way that the religious Jews' sinful behavior affected others. Look at verse 24. And and I, I take it that this is Paul's real point. For the name of God 
is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. Paul quotes from Isaiah, and I don't think so much as to say this is fulfilled prophecy, but as a descriptive phrase, when the Gentiles looked at the Jewish people who claimed to be so privileged with the law of God and set himself as teachers of the law, you know what they saw? They didn't see people who acted any differently than they. All they saw was sinful hypocrisy. Sinful hypocrisy. The Gentiles blaspheme the God of Israel. It ought to hurt you to even read that, that God was blasphemed and dishonored. Have you ever wondered why so many people these days want nothing to do with Christianity? I, I know that the world hates Christ. I understand that man is, is born with a bent towards doing evil. I understand that. But have you ever wondered why on top of that normal hatred towards spiritual things, there is intense hatred? And the reason is because they've observed the way many so-called Christians conduct their lives. That's right. That's the bottom line. They have observed people who bear the name Christian, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopal, non-denominational, Catholic, Pentecostal, no matter what. They see people who bear the name of Christian and they conclude that God must be just like them. And if their behavior is sinful, then God must not be someone worthy of praise and adoration. Let me give you some illustrations to prove this. Dr. Koshi, T.E. Koshi is one of our missionaries who works in the University of Syracuse. He has spoken here many times, and he will tell you over and over again how foreign students, he has a ministry to foreign students. They come to the University of Syracuse, and, and they come, they're very lonely. They have come to a new culture. They think in their minds this is a Christian land. How deceived they are. Somebody has told them something is not the truth. It's not a Christian land. But they think it's a Christian land. And they come here expecting to see Christianity in action. But what they find, that students tell them to take drugs, sell them drugs, or give them drugs. Students who they think are Christians who would tell them, yes, I'm a Christian, would line them up with women to have sexual relations. We'll encourage them to cheat. We'll encourage them to do all kinds of things that are immoral and wrong. You know what? They go back. If they don't come to know Christ and understand the difference between someone who calls himself a Christian and someone who really is, they go back to their land bitter against Christianity. In fact, there are leaders in the world today who you've heard over the news who have been trained right here in our country and hate the name Christian, who have nothing to do with Christianity. Why? Because the name of God is blasphemed among them because of so-called Christians. Last week there was a, a film on television about Christopher Columbus. And it was amazing to me and, uh, that, that um, and Columbus may have been a true believer. Uh, those who traveled with him obviously were not. And those who were uh, in power and the church at that time were not, but they wanted to come to, to a, a new world. They wanted to come to thinking they were going to go to India, but uh, they were only a few thousand miles off. But they, uh, they came thinking they were going to convert the heathen to Christendom, to Christianity, but they were cruel, they were oppressive, they were brutal. 
the name of God was blasphemed among the natives. Some people wonder why Jewish people today are not very responsive, receptive to the gospel. Well, there are a number of factors involved in that, but what many don't realize, what many don't realize is the Jewish person, in spite of of, of being born with a sinful nature like everybody else, and not wanting Christ, unless the Lord works in his heart, on top of that, the Jew has real psychological barriers and obstacles to the gospel. Why? Because of the way he's been treated by so-called Christians, because of the hideous persecution done to him in the name of Christ. Because of anti-Semitic things that he hears from people who teach Sunday school and people who are involved in in so-called Christian activities and people who go to church and he concludes, why do I need their God when I see the way they behave? Their God must be just like them. Do you know why I never, this is from a human standpoint, I understand that, but you know why I never considered the Lord Jesus Christ until I was 18 years of age? Because quite frankly, I never saw anything in church people who called themselves Christians that attracted me to Christ. Not once till I was 18 years old did I finally meet somebody who was real. I saw, for the most part, church people who got drunk, who used foul language, who cheated in business and thought nothing of it, who were anti-Semitic, who didn't care about people, And I saw them retreating to the church on Sundays and acting like angels on that day of the week, but the rest of the week they lived like the devil. And I concluded that Christianity was nothing that I needed because I figured they were a reflection of their God. You see, if people look at your life, and watch this now, if they look at your life and see the same sinful habits and lifestyles in them that they have in their own lives, If they see that you're no different from them, they're going to conclude he's no different than me. Then why do I need his God? And that's what the Gentiles did in the Old Testament. They looked at Israel and they saw all of these sinful practices, but hypocrisy. At least the the Gentile wasn't guilty of hypocrisy. At least they were out in the open with their orgies and their their sinful practices. But the the Jew, no, he he was hidden behind the cloak of, of self-righteousness. That's the same, the same thing today. The sad thing is that those of us who are true believers sometimes do the same things. And I recognize that this passage is not specifically dealing with us who are true Christians. It's dealing with those who think they are right with God but are not. But let me apply it for a moment. As you move in the world and you operate with people and you, you go to school with them and you, and I'm not even concerned whether it's named a Christian school or not. There are unbelievers all over. We have many at our Christian school who are not saved. You work with people, if you go to school with them, if you're neighbors with them, if you have business dealings with them, do they blaspheme God, your God, because of your behavior? And listen, don't, don't hide behind the term carnal Christian. There's so many people say that. Well, I'm a carnal Christian. I'm backslidden. Listen, then don't tell anybody you're a Christian until you get right with the Lord. Because it only makes it difficult for those of us who do want to have a good testimony. And it isn't just that you're hurt. Because you probably don't even care 
But it's that everyone else who witnesses is hurt. And most importantly, it's because the Lord is dishonored and, and disgraced. And people do conclude how we behave. They conclude that's the way our God is. If you're not loving, they'll conclude that Jesus Christ is not loving. If you've ripped somebody off in business, they're going to conclude that your God is like that. And why should they become believer if that's the way you are? You see, if your life is no different than those you're witnessing to or you live amongst, then maybe it's because you're no different. Maybe it's because you've hidden behind that name carnal Christian and just you need to erase the term Christian and just say carnal. At least be honest. If your life is just like a non-Christian, then chances are you probably are a non-Christian too. There's never been any difference in it. There's never been any fruit. If there's never been any reality of Christ, then according to the word of God, you are a non-Christian. In spite of the fact that, like the first century Jew, you call yourself a believer, you know the Bible, you boast in your privileges, you know God's will, and you even speak about it to others, if your life isn't any different than your unsaved neighbors, then you are just a religious churchgoer who's been deceived all of these years. Listen, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to grow at the same level. That doesn't mean you're going to be a Bible scholar. That doesn't mean you're never going to sin again. But it does mean there's got to be some evidence in your life to prove that you're a believer. And it's, it's not just for you, it's for the name of God might not be blasphemed among unbelievers. You see, if you really have received Christ, then your life is going to be different. Not perfect, but the intent and the desire and the direction of your life is going to be obedience. I remember a number of years ago, after I had just become a believer, just recently been saved and was excited and telling people about it. Well, my family got a little nervous about their fanatic in the family. And so my brother took a trip all the way from Miami with a friend, a, a Gentile friend who um, bore the name Christian but was not. They made a trip, around 300 miles, to come up to the campus of University of South Florida. And they came up to try to set me straight. You know, they thought I was just ridiculous. They thought the next thing I would do would be handing out tracts on a corner. What I didn't tell them is that I had already done that. I didn't want them to completely faint. But uh, you know, they thought this was, this was the most degrading thing that I could ever do. And my brother and his friend came up to USF. They came to my dorm room, and I'll never forget this. My brother's friend said, Steve, I hear that you are asking if I'm a good Christian. I said, no, no. I asked if you were a Christian, which didn't go over particularly well in the conversation. But you see, that's the issue. That's the real issue. Are you a believer? What are you trusting in to get to heaven? Are you trusting in your heritage? Were you raised in a Christian family? Wonderful. Wonderful. If mom and dad knew the Lord and your grandparents knew the Lord, maybe Maybe you go back all the way to, to five, six generations of believers. That's really not the issue. 
It's are you trusting in the righteousness of Jesus Christ to get to heaven or are you trusting your own righteousness? If you're trusting your own righteousness and that righteousness which says, I know the truth, I can, I can quote Bible verses to you. I've taught the truth. I've instructed little children in the truth. If that's what you're trusting in to get to heaven, then you won't get there. Because only the righteousness of Jesus Christ will admit a person into heaven, not our own. I close with this. Don't close your minds to this, but I close with this. Paul's testimony, Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. Paul says, for we are the true circumcision. You'll see more about that, Lord willing, next week. We're the true circumcision, not, not Jews. We who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in who? Christ Jesus. And we put, now watch this, put no confidence in the flesh. Paul says, let me tell you about myself. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Paul says, look, if you think that you can get to heaven by being good, let me tell you, if goodness could cut it, I made it. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day. That was the right day. The law said that. Of the nation of Israel, I bore the name Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. That was a good tribe because that tribe was involved with Judah. He says, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I wasn't just a Hebrew. I was a Hebrew. I was at the top of the ladder. As to the law, he said, I was a Pharisee. I was scrupulous about keeping all the details of, of those feasts and, and the outward performance of it. As to zeal, he says, a persecutor of the church, I even stood for what I thought was right. As to the righteousness which is in the law, he said, I was, I was found blameless. As to those external things, no one could point to finger and say, Paul, you did this wrong, you did this. He said, I kept them all. Verse 7, but whatever things were gained to me, whatever things I thought could get me into heaven, he said, those things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. And I don't care about those things anymore. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And he said, I count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Why? Why is it so important to gain Christ and these other things unimportant? Verse 9, and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. You know why Paul says the other things don't mean anything? Because the other things couldn't get me to heaven. They were the blessings of God, but they couldn't get me to heaven. He said, I don't care about them. I'm not trusting in them anymore. I'm trusting in the person of Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And the question today is, are you? Where is your confidence? Is it in self or is it in Christ? And we don't mean Christ plus something else. We mean Christ and him alone. Faith is trusting that Jesus Christ has died for your sins and that the only way you're going to get to heaven is to trust his death for you individually. And nothing else, not Christ plus your church, not Christ plus baptism, not Christ plus anything else, but Christ and him alone. That is the gospel. That is Paul's point in Romans chapter 2. Let's bow for prayer. What are you trusting in? Who are you trusting in? Yourself or Jesus Christ?
That's the, that's the key issue. Do you bear the name Christian, but does your behavior betray you? Not that your behavior could ever get, could ever get you to heaven, but your behavior will indicate what's in your heart. Is it Christ or filled with self? Don't hide behind the term carnal Christian. Too many people do that. Too many people do that. If you hide behind the name carnal Christian, you have no assurance of salvation. You may be saved, but only God knows. You don't, because the evidence and the proof of truly being saved is a lifestyle of obedience. Not, not perfect obedience, but a lifestyle that desires to do what's right and is grieved when you do what's wrong. Are you a believer? Even though maybe you bear the name of Lakeside Community Chapel, and you've been taught the Bible all of your life, and maybe you even teach Sunday school here. Maybe you're involved in the evangelism ministry. Maybe you tell others about the Lord all the time. Maybe you witness, but you've never trusted Christ. These are the messages that are pinning the truth to each one of us. Thou art the man. Thou art the woman. If you need to trust Christ, we invite you to do that. We invite you to come up after the service and speak to one of our counselors to know more about this. But you can trust Christ wherever you are, in whatever situation you're in. Believe on Christ, not yourself. And if you're a Christian, if you're a true Christian, if you bear the name properly, make sure your behavior is in order. Make sure that your that your lifestyle is proper, that... that God is not blasphemed because of your behavior. Take that to heart and live like a Christian ought to live because people are watching. And they'll evaluate God based on your behavior and my behavior. Father, we, uh, we're very grateful that there is a righteousness other than ourselves because it, there is no righteousness in us. Lord, you've said all of our righteousness is just like filthy rags, dirty foul. We might think we're, we're good compared to others, but never in comparison to the righteousness of Christ. Never in comparison with Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that as these messages go forth, that you'll just really chop away at the false security and false confidence of those who might trust in anything apart from Christ. Father, in, in our church, deal with those who may not know Christ. Even those who may hide behind uh, certain labels, deal with them, that they might be found in Christ, having a righteousness not of their own, but of His. Lord, our, our confidence and our hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. We pray this, Father, and we pray that You'll help us, to those of us who do know You, to live godly. Even though this passage really didn't deal specifically with that, it does, by word of application, say to us that our lives need to be in order. Lord, help us who preach to others and speak to others to apply the truth to our own lives first. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Paul makes some powerful arguments to deal with those who would trust in their own good works to gain entrance into heaven. In our next verse-by-verse, verse, we will begin to examine the final verses of Romans chapter 2. Our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, has been serving for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His practical messages are produced for radio by Verse-by-Verse verse Ministries, 
a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of faithful listeners who are also faithful to their own churches. If you missed part of our class, you can catch it again at our website, versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Or you can order a CD or a cassette with the entire message by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. Now, here is Pastor Steve with an important announcement. I'm Pastor Steve Preloff from Verse by Verse here on WTBN. I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity to join me on a trip to Israel I'll be leading this May. We'll be visiting those sites in Israel where Jesus ministered, such places as Capernaum, the Sea of Galilee, the Mount of Beatitudes, the Mount of Olives, Jerusalem, and, and so many more sites. If you're interested in learning more about this tour, then you can call the following number and ask for more information. The number is 877-768-2784, extension one. One one. That's eight seven 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 six eight two seven eight four. Extension one one one. The tour dates are May fifth through the fourteenth. I hope you can. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.